All right, folks, here we are. Guru and the Wiz, fantasy football podcast, and players are starting to arrive at camps, and Guru and Wiz are winding down with their final team summaries. We'll take on the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers next. Wiz, how are you today? Yeah, I'm doing uh I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it's getting a little closer. I mean, we're seeing uh, seeing some uh, stuff happening here. We're seeing players opt out of the upcoming NFL season. We see some stuff going on with baseball that isn't too promising. Uh, basketball seems to have got this thing right with the bubble. Uh, so there's some good, bad football getting a, a good look at all and. Uh, Hopefully, uh, you know they'll they'll learn some things and be able to, uh, you know, to, uh, to 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 proceed with the season. Yeah, and certainly, you know, we've 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 had the attitude throughout that uh, we were going to proceed as if a season was going to happen. We understand there's going to be stumbling blocks and leagues going to have to make adjustments as as we've discussed previously. But you know, here we are today and. We're continuing to prepare as if there's going to be an NFL season in the first and second, first into the second week of September, and, and then that's what we're here to do. So uh, we're going to get started. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers. We had a couple of local kids, Nunu and Ricky Lassen, uh, are, are big Steelers fans. Wiz, as we know, um, I know there's a bunch of others out there, and uh, I'm very excited to talk about the Steelers because this is quite an interesting team in terms of setup for 2020, considering. How bad they were offensively last year, especially given the fact that Roethlisberger went down and they really couldn't do anything with the with the backup quarterbacks. The, the only news the quarterbacks made there was uh, that fight that uh, Mason Rudolph had with um, with uh, with uh, Garrett of the Browns. Um, but it had a very interesting defense all, all year long. So I'm I'm really excited to see. An improved offense with the hopeful return of Roethlisberger combined with this defense, and you know, I think Mike, uh, I think Mike Tomlin probably did one of his better coaching jobs, all, all things considered, last year. So, so do you have confidence that that Ben Roethl- Roethlisberger, Sons, Antonio Brown? We know he had a five thousand passing yard season in two thousand and eighteen. Can he return to form? He's you know thirty eight years old now. What's your thoughts there? I mean, I think when you look at the seasons for the Steelers last year, you know, you, there's two ways of looking at it. You know, one, you know, as soon as Roethlisberger kind of went down, basically the season was over before it started, and Juju was banged up all year, and James Conner was hurt. The, the good news is that with with some of their key guys missing, it forced other guys who would normally be support players to kind of step up and be important players last year. And now with some of the key guys coming back with that experience and maybe that confidence, uh, I think it'll help the offense overall. As far as Ben goes, um, yeah, he's older and, um, you know, he's never going to be a quarterback who changes the way he plays. He's just always going to be the type of quarterback that's going to stand in there. Unfortunately, he takes some big hits because he does so. But, what he has going for him is the Steelers have an elite offensive line, certainly one of the top five offensive lines in football. Um, and with Connor and Juju coming back, and if they can stay healthy with the supporting cast uh, who got some experience in playing time last year, um, being able to, you know, 
I'll give them a little more depth at running back and a wide receiver. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, Roethlisberger, uh, it's tough to always predict. You know, I think Roethlisberger statistically will be fine. You know, it's just always tough for the, with someone like him who is just – He's bound to take big hits uh, just the way he plays the position. So, um, uh, if you're going to guarantee me Roethlisberger plays the entire season, yeah, sign me up. I'm uh, I'm on the Big Ben bandwagon. How about you? Yeah, I I really love the player. I love the way he plays. And, and granted, this has been a, a fun offense to watch at times over over Ben's career uh, with the talent that they've had. He's made a lot of wideouts successful, from Plaxico Burris to to to, to Mike Wallace um, to obviously Antonio Brown. And and, and you know, look, Juju had two monster years, both his rookie and especially his uh, his sophomore season in the NFL. You know, I know you had a little bit of a concern on the player coming into last year, but, you know, we're talking about quarterback right now. You know, for me, seeing Roethlisberger kind of being ranked in that kind of 15 to 20 range, I kind of lick my chops and say, you know what, there's, as you mentioned, with no injury, there is number one value in that player, uh, number one quarterback value. So he's the kind of player that if you're going to employ the strategy of, of, of going cheap at quarterback, that's probably a guy that I'd probably start start with, a guy like Roethlisberger. Yeah, the, the one thing with Roethlisberger is that, you know, I, I think he's fine. Um, he certainly should be ranked higher than 15 to 20. Certainly, quarterback one, you know, you know, range as well. The only thing is, if you if you get Ben Roethlisberger, you kind of try and have to get another quarterback. You know, not to count on there being an injury, or you know, you can't, you know, be sure or certain about these things. But you kind of just can't forget about the position. You kind of have to maybe just draft a younger guy or or maybe a different type of quarterback. But you know, just try and draft like a good combination to go along with Roethlisberger, um, you know, just to, just to have a guy in, in case of that's, that's all I'm saying. But if he, if he can make it through the season, he holds up, uh, he'll be the guy that, you know, you will start just about every single week for yourself. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, this, this offense, which, which historically has performed really well, ended up being the second worst offense in the NFL last year. They had the least explosive plays um, in, in the passing game. And, you know, that was because of the quarterback play that they got from their backups. And, you know, we're going to lead that into the running game, which also suffered significantly as a guy like James Conner, who was on, including you and I, uh, a lot of our top 10 lists coming into the season, who had a shoulder injury. He just could not stay right. Uh, you know, a huge drop off from what we saw in 2018. And we had a lot of excitement about this player. You know, we this was a player that was targeted by a lot of us in 18. I'm uh, sorry, in 19 uh, after his strong 2018 season. And, you know, is, is that a reason to be skeptical of him kind of doing returning to form? We know that they've drafted a, a running back here in uh, in Anthony McFarland from from Maryland. So, What's your take here? Can Connor come back? And, and, and you know, you mentioned the line, so they, they have they have the talent up front to help him out, but he's got to stay on the field. Yeah, I think this field of running backs, when you look at the depth chart at, at running back, I mean, um, I'm not sure what the pecking order at this point would be after Connors, but, you know, 
McFarlane, Snell, and, and Jalen Samuels. It just seems like every year, like, you know, Connor uh, round three and, and Samuels uh, round five the same year, and then uh, Benny Snell round four, and now Anthony McFarlane round four. It just seems like, you know, I don't know, they they – they they just can't get it right with a guy they love, I guess, at the position. Uh, but I think that maybe that's a little unfair to Connor. I think if he could stay healthy, I think he's fine. The other ones, I, you know, I, Jalen Samuels is a really good receiver, but he can't pass protect. So, I mean, you have to have a, a, you know, a third down back that's going to be able to stand in there and take on a linebacker once in a while, and he's horrible at pass protection. So that's a bad deficiency. Benny Snell, just, I don't know, I, I didn't love the pick. Anthony McFarland, you know, I guess he'll he'll be – move up to second on the depth chart. I like him. He brings a little bit of a different dimension, but I think if the Steelers are going to have success, I kind of think Big Ben and James Conner um, are kind of attached at the hip there, but they both kind of have to stay healthy through the season. I'm not sure if you feel the same way about that. Yeah, I think that's right. You know, where do you see Conner, you know, in your preseason prognostications? Is he top 15? Does he fall in that 15 to 25 range for you? I'm kind of torn on him right now. Uh, I'm going back and forth on it because he just excited me so much, like I said, coming into the previous season. But you know, I have a little bit more uh, reluctance at the present time. But I, it, where, do you, where do you find him falling? I mean, I like him. You know, the thing is, their, their line is good. But, like, his success is really hitched to – the wagon of, of Roethlisberger because the, the drop off at the position is so drastic that if he goes down, they, they're not going to worry about the, the passing game. They're just going to load up in the box. And uh, so he's kind of hitched to the wagon. They're kind of attached to each other, like I said, but yeah, I think, I think, um, you know, uh, James Conner is a strong running back too. I mean, I would, I would, I would be confident in in that. I mean, I, you know, I'm not sure. Um, I'm I'm not sure if I would have him as, as a top ten running back. Do you? You know, you're you're somewhere uh, in the running back two campus as well for Conner. Yeah, I'm in that fifteen to twenty five range, and and I think the, the, you know the one thing that Conner did really effectively uh, in 2018 is he caught a lot of footballs. He caught 55 balls. Once he went down, they kind of employed, um, you know, a group a group. Uh, substitution for him you know Jalen Jalen Samuels so it wasn't really a super successful Samuels was a guy who was catching the ball I'd love to see Connor get back to the point where he he catches 50 balls again you know and runs for that 900,000 yards is is the goal line back and and if he can stay healthy he should be able to do that because I think this offense as a whole does move up with the health concerns being alleviated if that is the case yeah, I don't have I don't have confidence in anybody at quarterback besides Roethlisberger, and I don't have anybody I don't have much confidence with anybody running back. You know, after Connor, to be honest, uh, it would be tough to have a rookie come in and you know have to have the burden on him. So you know, those two players really need to be able to stay on the field for the Steelers to have a successful season. Yeah, so let's move to the wide receiving core now. So. 
I, I know how you felt about Juju last year, and, and as we talked about, you know, really, really, so, really, really solid, um, you know, first year in the league and, and, second, and second year in the league. And you, you were a little bit concerned with, with Antonio Brown being removed from the equation, what that was going to mean for Juju, and obviously more attention on the player. So given what they did in the draft and drafting a guy like Claypool, and as you mentioned, guys like Deontay Johnson and James Washington getting more, Washington getting more of an opportunity uh, given the injuries last year do you have a little bit more confidence that you know perhaps some of that attention you know will not be able to be put as much on 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 juju and and that this actually passing offense may have some more explosiveness this year given the the personnel that they have yeah i think i i I think i liked what i saw deontay johnson and you know James Washington uh, has has flashes, and I think he could he could be a good player as well. Um, so I, I think with those two guys progressing at wide receiver and and Claypool and you know Eric Ebron in there as well, um, that I, I think Juju can, can be can be a solid performer. He's not the player that Antonio Brown is, so you just can't say, okay, Antonio Brown is gone. Now we're going to put Juju his stats is going to equal Antonio Brown. He's just not the, he's not the, he's a good player. I'm not saying he's not a good player. He's a good player. He's just not Antonio Brown on the field, but few players are. But to answer your question, I think Juju can, can be a very, very good uh, receiver stat wise. And I think if those two and three other players continue to progress, um, I think, I think, you know, that's going to help him. The, the, the drafting of, Claypool, I think it is, is an interesting thing. I, uh, where, you know, with the Steelers taking him so early with their 46th uh, pick, that was, I think that was their that was their first pick. Yes, it was Claypool in this entire draft. So when I saw that pick, it, it led me to believe one of three things is going to happen. One, the Steelers do not plan on giving Juju Smith a second contract, and they're planning down the road to go with Johnson, Washington, and Claypool. Two, they don't necessarily have confidence in James Washington. They think that maybe Claypool will come in and pass him immediately on the depth chart. Or three, and this is what I feel is the best situation for Claypool, is to actually eventually move him to tight end, where I think he's big, strong, fast, and could be a, a tremendous mismatch for defenses. So it's going to be one of those things. We'll have to see if the Steelers look to resign at the end of the season, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. But it's one of those, it's going to be one of those reasons why they took Claypool so early. But I just think, like, if people think, I feel if people are viewing Claypool will come in immediately as a rookie and be, you know, a a top rookie wide receiver, I think they're going to, you know, be disappointed because I think it's going to take some time and I just don't see him leaping the other guys on the depth chart that quickly. And and this is a team that did like to play, that, that does like to play three wide with frequency. Uh, which they do about 70% of the time. So you would envision a, a, the three wide to start the season. You, you think it would be the, the, the veterans on this team, uh, even though they're not that old in, in, in age, it would be Juju, uh, Deontay Johnson, and James Washington. Would you agree with that to start? Yeah, I think, you know, I think, I think Claypool is a pick, you know, a little bit down the road who obviously will move into the top of that depth chart if in the event that they don't re-sign Juju or they may figure out a way to play him as a fourth receiver or the option I think is the most interesting if you draft uh, Claypool is 
tight end where he is big and strong and will be uh, mismatched with his speed. So, you know, I don't know. What, what's your view on those receivers? I know you like Deontay Johnson um, as well. Uh, which of those receivers do you recommend people draft this year? Uh, well, so, so it's interesting. I, I go back to my days as, as being a trader, which I spent a lot of, of my career doing. And a lot of times when you get burned on a trade, or, or a particular position, it's very difficult to go back into those waters because uh, you're afraid to get burned again. So I'll be curious to see how people treat Juju because I think Juju got treatment of a, of a top 10, 12 receiver last year. I, in some rankings, I see him still there for this year. So it seems to be a little bit of a reluctance to drop him down. The expectations that, uh, that this player still continues to be a successful fantasy player. So I do like Juju. Um, I probably like Deontay Johnson more because the fact that he did what he did last year with lousy quarterbacks um, gives me a lot of confidence that with Roethlisberger back, you know, it's a player that gives another dimension. And as you mentioned, Washington stretches the field a bit. So in that order is the, is the order that I would, would pick these guys. I, I think Johnson in particular is probably uh, represents – the best value of the group and, and could surprise you with kind of a season where, you know, if he catches 65, 70 balls, you know, in that 900 to a thousand range, would I be surprised with that? No, no, I would not, not in this offense. So you're saying in terms of average draft position, ADP, you think Deontay Johnson will offer the best value? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. All right. Yeah. I was just uh, wondering, you know, what you were, you know, how are you going about it as far as, Juju Smith-Schuster goes, you know, uh, wide receiver two in the 20, 25, you know, in the 15. Where, where, where do you have Juju coming up this year? Yeah, I'm going to play I'm gonna play the game as far as him being kind of somewhere in, I think wide receiver one, so ranked between 10 and 15 for me coming into the season. I, I still think of okay, him as so a... You're, really, you're, you're high on him to have a, you know, a, a really you know, strong season. I'm high on the Steeler offense, and, and he's going to be a big part of it. So I think if you tell me that the healthy parts are there, this is an offense that will completely turn around their offensive story from last year. All right. Good stuff. And, uh, and, uh, and Claypool, you didn't give any comments on Claypool. Do you think he sticks his nose in this year and becomes an immediate... You know, presence, it takes some time. What's your view on Claypool? Because I know you were uh, you, you were very excited when the Steelers draft. So I have the benefit. My, 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 my buddy, uh, my buddy, Dr. Anthony, is, uh, is uh, kids go to Notre Dame. So as a result, I watch a lot of Notre Dame football. So I got to see him a lot over the last couple of seasons. And, you know, he's got those physical attributes. And then he stunned everybody at the Combine. So, yeah, a lot of excitement about the player. The, the noise is definitely was amplified post the combine. And I think the one thing that hurts again, we've mentioned this numerous times, you know, rookies are going to have a, a more challenging time establishing themselves early because of the, the protocol that's been taken as a result of the pandemic. So I'd be a little less rosy on him to start the season, but can, can see him evolving as the season progresses. But I would say that for a lot of rookies this year, it's just, it's just unfortunate given, given the situation. And uh, moving on to tight end, you got that Ebron Vance McDonald combo platter. Uh, you know, Ebron seems to be, uh, you know, one of these guys that can surprise. And if he gets, you know, the the, you know, the majority of the playing time, if he gets the lion share at tight end, he could, you know, have a decent year catching the ball. Do you have either one of those tight ends? Well, I mean, I, I doubt anyone's going to consider Vance McDonald. But do you have Ebron? as a possible wide receiver one where he'd be the top 12 or you kind of view him more, you know, 15 to 20. 
Wow. So, you know, he looked like a, a beast in, in 2018. Andrew Luck came back and was honed in on the player. He caught 66 balls. He had 13 touchdowns. And there was a lot of excitement about him. And then enter the world of Jacoby Brissett. And, uh, you know, I think Ebron's hands look like he had oven mitts on his hands at times last year. And at times also I thought he looked yeah, – he wasn't looking very inspired on the field. So I wasn't excited about that. But we know that Roethlisberger has loved his tight end in the past. Heath Miller has been a big target. I'm not going near Vance McDonald. He's disappointed me the last two years. So uh, enough of that. So, you know, I don't have to listen to people singing old McDonald E-I-E-I-O, E-I-E-I-O on Sundays. Uh, but Ebron, yeah, I don't think he's a, a number one tight end to start the year, but he kind of falls in that 10-20 range. But he represents more upside probably than some of those younger guys in that he's established himself as a, as a player in this league prior. So, you know, Ebr- Ebron's got something to prove this year. Uh, you can potentially get value by drafting him as a number one and taking a shot on him and playing around with, you know, guys that are in that 10-20 ranking. So I don't have him there to start my season, but would I be surprised if he ended, his, ended the season as a number one tight end? The answer would be no. All right, fair enough. And uh, I guess nobody would uh, mistake the steel defense for the uh, steel curtain defense, but they're pretty good. Uh, actually, they're very good. Uh, you know, last year they really held the Steelers in just about every one of those games when their offense couldn't move the ball, considering, you know, their offense is going to be much better. Uh, I'm positive you're going to have the Steelers as a, as a, as a top 12 defense. The question is, do you have them as high as top five, top three? What's your view on the Steel Curtain? Uh, I have the Steelers as a top five defense. Uh, I, I, you know, the trade they made for Minka Fitzpatrick was gigantic. You know, I think, you know, personnel-wise, as you mentioned, there's a lot of talented playmakers on this defense. You know, the schedule, they get to play the Browns. They get to play, uh, you know, obviously the Ravens in the division. They play the Bengals. But, you know, guys like Bud Dupree, uh, Cameron Hayward, you know, know, Devin Bush, obviously the pick from a couple of years ago, T.J. Watt. Joe Hayden is getting older, but he still has some game left in him. I like this defense. Minka Fitzpatrick changed the complexion of it. You know, you and I had him in a couple of leagues last year. I'll I'll be targeting him in multiple leagues. Uh, You know, yes, no, it's not the steel curtain, but yes, it's a top five defense in 2020 fair enough fair enough uh, good stuff and uh anything else you wanted to add about the seals are we going to talk about the uh defending nfc champs next the uh, san francisco 49ers yeah, we are uh, moving on to san fran and that means we have five teams left so guru and whiz fantasy football podcast spotify itunes soundcloud uh make sure you subscribe so you know when these things are coming and then we're really going to start detailing things uh as the season as the pre as the preseason moves on so please get on there and subscribe so you're getting these in your inbox as quickly as we are doing them Wiz, thank you very much you got it